Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. You're listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm Mark Butcher and I'll be joined by the former England internationals Matt Pryor, Alex Tudor and Steve Harmison to look back at the third one day international between South Africa and England with England salvaging some pride from the series to win by 59 runs to end the series with a 2-1 defeat. We'll look back at brilliant centuries from both Dawid Milan and Joss Butler as England recovered from 14 for 3 to post 346 for 7 off their 50 overs. We'll also discuss Jofra Archer's 5-wicket haul as England end a run of five straight ODI defeats with victory in Kimberley. We'll also get the very latest post-match reaction from the Diamond Oval, so plenty to come over the next 20 minutes or so. You are listening to Following Off. All gone six for Archer. It is a superb return for uh, England's man who's been in the wilderness, Joffre Archer. Walking the dogs. I think he's got six dogs. He's got six wickets to go along with them tonight. Terrific performance from him. Magnificent batting from Joss Butler. A wonderful, wonderful hundred. Showing great perseverance and experience from Dawid Milan. England will come back from South Africa with something to show for it in terms of results. But I think as Matt Pryor and, and Steve Harmison will tell you that they will come back with more than that. Yes, they've lost the series, but uh, a lot of players have uh, shown that they are very much up for the fight or at least coming back from injury or at least getting miles in their legs. And uh, Joss Butler and Matthew Mott, when they sit back with Rob Key and talk over what's gone on here and how they want to go about the Bangladesh trip and how they want to go about the continuing preparations for the World Cup, will have a lot of ticks to put next to a lot of names after this one. Yeah, I think for me, for England cricket, 
England cricket fans, if they took nothing else away but Archer taking six wickets in an England shirt after the 18-month layoff, the seriousness of his elbow injury, that is it. That is fantastic news for England. Archer running in, bowling 90 miles an hour, confidence in his elbow, confidence in his body. Very, very well-deserved. Six wickets as he leave, leads the England team off, raising the ball as he should. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with Matt Pryor. Two, two players who have really stood up for me in this series. You know, and he has stood up, Jofra Archer, and the other one is the England captain. I think he's been excellent, I really do. The way he's batted, I thought he captained the game in the first game very, very well. Um, and if it wasn't for 100 not Kia doing what Jofra Archer's done in the, the first game, England probably would have won and possibly would have won this series. But to go away, to come away from this three-match series, I think a lot of people just wanted to see what Jofra Archer had after a long layoff. And the answer is, he's not lost much. Got pace, direction, change-ups in, uh, in decision-making. And when it comes to it, the X factor, the killer X factor that we're going to need in India to win the World Cup, potentially needing England to win the Ashes. Well, after 18 months out and two games back, boy, he has, doesn't look as though he's missed much. Yeah, England winning this uh, third and final one-day international in Kimberley by uh, the margin of 59 runs. In the end, it was uh, it was relatively straightforward for them. They would have been a little concerned at times as uh, South Africa pushed on towards what would have been a mammoth uh, chase of 347. But in the end, uh, Joss Butler had the tools in his shed to be able to unlock the innings, knock over the dangerous players for South Africa and uh, wrap up victory here. 287 South Africa all out. Joffrey Archer, the hero of the day, with a quite superb return of six wickets after an 18-month layoff. He has a smile as broad as the diamonds that used to come out of the mine here at Kimberley. South Africans uh, will be very pleased with the part they've played, gentlemen, in this series. The, the two wins were, were superb. Um, perhaps South Africa teams at the past might not have got up in, in either of them, but they've shown that they've got some metal and also some, some world-class players as well. Yeah, I, th I think so. And uh, a lot of cricket, you know, we, of course, uh, as English press, will talk about the England cricket team and is there a worry? They've, they've lost a couple of games. But credit where credit's due, I think South Africa have played really well. They've played good cricket. They're a very good team. I think we, you know, probably underrated them slightly. Um, say in the first game, England, 100 and odd for none. Probably, probably should have won that one. But for South Africa to come back and get over the line there, Fantastic effort. And then the run chase in the second one there, chasing down 343. That was a superb uh, run chase from them. Everyone talking about how South Africa's strength is their bowling, but actually their batting stepped up then. So, you know, England have come against a team who are playing good, good cricket. Um, but I think it's it's great news for, for England fans to, uh, to see the win. Some great batting from Milan, great batting from Butler, and six wickets for Jofra Archer. Sorry, Jared, we lost you there for a moment. I'm sure it was gold. Go on. I'll try again. Can you hear me now? Am I here? Yeah. I think I'm here. <laughs> I don't know where I am. Um, it's also worth having a look at uh, how motivated South Africa were as well because they had to win a, a huge amount of games uh, and they hadn't been winning many games as well. So very motivated for that. Um, they are now, if Sri Lanka beat New Zealand 3-0 in, in New Zealand, which is very unlikely, 
South Africa have to win, uh, beat, um, oh sorry, there's nothing South Africa can do. They have to go to the qualifiers. However, um, if Sri Lanka only win two of those games, as long as they beat the Netherlands twice in a row, they will qualify for the World Cup automatically. Although that might haunt them being what happened against the Netherlands last time they went against them. But um, at least their future's a little bit more in their own hands unless Sri Lanka come out and absolutely smash New Zealand in everywhere, which is possible. But they were a motivated side, whereas England were a little bit more, you know, experimental. Yeah, England, I think you're absolutely right there that, that England were, were more using it as a, as a way of, of, of looking at players, looking at combination, combinations, allowing players to come back from injury. Um, you, the, the feeling still is, and I, I'll throw it out to, to all three of you guys, Steve, um, Jared and, and, and Matt, that, that England haven't fielded anywhere near their sort of top six in any of these games as yet. I mean, David Milan, as brilliantly as he played today, might not make the might not make the top six if England have everyone to pick from. Is that fair? Yeah, I would say that England possibly won't play their top six until India. Um, because if you want the, the best top six, I don't see Ben Stokes playing before India, so you won't get your best 11 on the field or your first choice 11 on the field until then. I mean, you're, you're nailed down saying that, that, he, that he will come back and play in this World Cup. I think he will. Uh, I, personally, I think he will. Uh, will he go have the ECB got it in him to give him the 100 off and get him break, give him that break after the Ashes for two months? that he probably needs to get a World Cup campaign going. But I, but I'll go this way, Butch. I don't see England winning a World Cup without Ben Stokes. The balance of the side, the occasion that the World Cup wins, uh, brings, and if you look at the last two World Cups that England have won, without Ben Stokes, we wouldn't have won it. So I think that he is vitally important, important that somehow Rob Key finds a way of planning Ben Stokes' programme to make sure he goes to India because he's so important to us. Well, I think one thing that we that we have seen from the way that uh, that, that Rob Key and the various moving parts around sort of selection for for Test matches and T20s and, and, and 50 over games is that they they don't tend to they don't tend to sort of bear grudges when it comes to selection. It's kind of mm. you know we, we will pick the, the best players that we have available, and, and the only thing that's really important is the team winning rather than individual. Um, you know, egos or anything like that. So I, I would say that if Ben's if Ben's gain, then that probably will happen. I mean, Matt, you, you've got a, a slightly quizzical look on your face. Do you think that that's that's not not necessarily nailed on, or, or would you have a, another thought in that? Yeah, I, I'm not as convinced as Harmy. We, we, we've had the chat already. Um, mm. I'm not as convinced that Ben Stokes will come back, and that's not because England don't want him back or wouldn't try everything to get him back. I'm just not sure he he wants to come back. Um, I know it's a World Cup, I know it's England, but he's, he's stopped playing 50-over cricket for a reason. He took that break because of mental health reasons. He you know, had to fight hard to come back from that. He seems in a very good place in, with his cricket, huge focus on test cricket as, as the test captain. Does he want to add that to his, his list um, and, and potentially risk going back to you know, the dark place that no one wants him to go to? No, go back to the 100 from from David Milan and this ties in with with the conversation I suppose um, moving away from from Ben Stokes but uh, Johnny Bairstow Jason Roy that's the you know the England um, World Cup winning opening partnership now Roy made 100 in the first game huge sigh of relief from everybody we know what a terrific player he is and how highly regarded he is in that dressing room but of course his partner in crime Johnny Bairstow may or may not be fit now if if Johnny Bairstow is fit 
does he play for you? And if he doesn't, is Milan the, the guy that you would have? Yeah, Besto plays for me, 100%. Uh, look, he's also had a bit bad injury. He has to come back. We have to see where he's at. At the end of the day, England are in a, in a really good position where they can pick players, as you just said rightly, but, you know, th- this management team pick, pick the best 11 on any given day to win a game of cricket. So you can go all the way to before the match and go, well, actually, Besto scored, scored no runs, but Milan's absolutely smashing it, or Roy's smashing it. Right, we're going we're gonna to play him because they've got... They've got a wealth of, of players, which is a fantastic place to be. But, yeah, right now, going on previous form, best of plays, great news that Roy. And why I'd have Roy, people say, OK, well, he's only scored 100, but he's so destructive. He's that guy that if he has a day, if he has a day out, he wins you the game. I mean, he's, he's that good. And I would want as many of those X-Factor players in my team. Now, Milan, take nothing away from his innings today. Absolutely fantastic. But if, if you've got... He's not got the X factor that a Roy would have or a Bairstow or, you know, taking apart bowlers when, when they are, or a Stokes or, or one of those guys. One guy we haven't mentioned as well, Joe Root. You know, he's not bad. He, he, he was next on my he, list. He goes, oh, was yeah. he right? <laughs> yeah, you know, does he sneak in? I think what's he averaging 50 in one day international cricket in his career? But Roy's, Roy's um, what's Roy's numbers like in India? Are they the same as what they are in? Because they've, they've got to factor this in. Of where we're going. So at this minute in time, Mo and Ali is struggling a little bit, you know, mentally with 50 over cricket and bowling and stuff like that. But we're going to India, and Mo and Ali is. I think he's. There's a fear factor with Mo and Ali in India because of how well he does in the IPL. I think we have to take that into consideration when we're picking a squad to go to the World Cup. And I, I also think um, with Jason, especially being in India, he ain't going to get too much pace up top. I think he's going to get, you know, the, that the, the teams are going to throw spin at him. And we know he has struggled against that early on in his innings. But as Matty says, you know, he does have that X factor, a bit like Ali Brown had for us when we played Butch. And uh, it's how many games is he going to win you? You know, during the course of a tour, he might win you two. But that two might get you to a final. But we've got an embarrassment of riches when it comes to the batting side of things. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's the overriding point, isn't it? That, that none of the people mentioned would, would be out of place in the, in the final 11 should England reach the World Cup final. And I think that's the, that's the thing worth bearing in mind. England have, what now, 10 matches, 10 competitive one-day internationals between now uh, and that World Cup. So it isn't a massive amount of time, but, uh, but there is a heck of a lot of cricket to come. Um, the bowling side of things... Adil Rashid looked back to uh, back to his venomous best at times today. Obviously, the the, the big headline news, of course, is is Jofra Archer. Um, you know, he, he looked he looked like he eased his way in on that first uh, one day international in Bloemfontein, um, and the, uh, the you know the returns were not eye catching by any stretch of the imagination. But there's still something there that tells you, wow, this, you know, this guy's this guy's only going at three quarter pace, and he still he still looks fabulous. And then tonight. He's just he's just like he'd never been away. I mean that was that was impressive stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very I, I get excited watching him butcher. I mean I I've never met the young man but I you know, I, I, I contact him, I, I, I try and talk to him and just wish him all the best. But he you know, he's a fantastic boy, he just makes it look so easy, which is hard work. Harmy would know myself, you know, we've put our bodies through it. But he makes fast bowling look so easy. It's so good. The England team is a much better team with him in it if you then throw in wood and then you've got ollie stone as well i mean it's like the west indies of old isn't it you've got bowlers are bowling at 
90 plus miles an hour there's not too many around the world that's going to be lining up to face that let me tell you and even on even on flat pitches steve and and, and they you know you sort of the the recent memory of england's tours to to india like the last test match was it was all dominated by spin but in the ipl and in in uh, in other sort of one day competitions there are a lot of runs scored in india in indian mm. conditions and, and what we saw this evening was the pitch looks flat for everybody else. Then you throw the ball to somebody like Joffre and suddenly wickets, wickets come. And England are going to need that. They might need more than one bowler like that in Indian conditions. Is that how you see it? That, yeah, exactly. And we, we touched on it on, on commentary that when you look at what England have got at their disposal and if, if you do bowl second, because there was a lot of a lot of teams winning games. The, the T20, well, the, 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 the one day series in... In India, not long ago, the team that batted second. I think Ravi Ashwin's talking about the um, the due factor as well. Teams that bat in second have, have got a much easier chance to win. They know what they're going. They know the you know, the run rate per over. It's di- more difficult bowling with a wet ball and bowling second on on the sort of slow pitches. So you need something that's got a bit of X factor, and that is a bowler that can turn the ball both ways. We've got one of them in Adil Rashid, and somebody who can bowl fast, fast into the pitch and change a game in, a, in an over, like what Jofra Archer can do, like what Mark Wood can do. And, and you have teams around the world that have been success, uh, teams from around the world that have been successful in India. They've had pace bowlers, bowlers that can hit the pitch and get something out of the pitch, you know, and bowl, and bowl you know, quickly through the air. And again, you watch tonight. I know there's still a bit of rust around, but Rhys Topley, Chris, w- Chris Wokes, Sam Curran, when the bowling seam is on, on a, a wicket which didn't have anything in it, it was a completely different game when they bowled on it compared to what Jofra Archer is. So when Jude's mentions about Wood and, and Archer, they're both... Stone as well. I mean, the chances of all, all three of them being fit at the same time are probably yeah. limited, so it could be any one of the three. I think that's a fair point as well, actually. The injury and making sure that we get these guys guys to India, you know, fit first and foremost. I think I think playing in India, Hami, I completely agree with you. You need you need rocket, you need mm. express pace because you not get nothing out of the pitches. They are flat. They are batting surfaces. So bowling, even high eighties, is is cannon fodder. Quite frankly, if you're not if you can't put it in the right area, have a good change up. Um, so that's where you've got your wood. Who can run in a bowl? You're 94 miles an hour. You're Archer. For me, Ollie Stone just misses out because I don't think he's quite got. He's fast. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's quite got that pace. That's gonna that's gonna terrorise batsmen of, of sort of the Indian quality, Australian quality, and I don't think he's quite got the accuracy or the change-ups. But but would an Archer absolutely? And then for me, where England have have got it? Yep, we mentioned Adil Rashid spin the ball both ways. And then Sam Curran and Topley, from a left armer perspective, just change ups. Right handers, it's harder to hit the ball with their, you know, they're going to bowl a lot of change ups into the surface um, in those conditions, trying to run their fingers over the ball, taking it away from the right hander, harder to hit. So I think that, that's good. One, one question mark for me is only after his comments, Mo and Ali saying that it's basically impossible to bowl off spin in 50 over cricket you kind of think hold on Mo we're going to need you mate in the World Cup oh yes <laughs> talking his way he's like Macca just giving is it he, up is, is, is he talking, talking his way down from Livingston Butch well, I mean, possibly I mean you Do know, you know Mo, I mean? Mo's, yeah. Mo's what, 50-50 thir- between them two Mo's 35 years of age and uh, Liam Livingston would be, would be somebody that would be in and around that squad anyway and of course he, do, he can bowl a bit of, bit of everything um, and, and it will probably it might be a shootout between them anyway. Uh, and England, and who knows? They might decide to go for the younger man, and Mo would be able to step step back 
graciously. I mean, but look, for the moment in time, that there is there are options. Put it this way: given this conversation, England have probably two options for every single position in the eleven. Should it come down to it, so it is not a bad position to be in for uh, Matthew Mott, for uh, for Rob Key, and of course England captain Josh Butler, who at the moment is talking to Pommy and Bangla. No, it's obviously a, a nice to, for us to finish with a, a win today. I think, um, you know, bar um, sort of 10 or 15 overs of the chase in the first ODI, I think we've, we've played some brilliant cricket. Um, so it's been a hard-fought series. Um, congratulations to South Africa on their series win. Um, but obviously today we're delighted to get a win. What is it that pleased you with today's win mostly? I think the hard work we did early on, um, you know, I think both teams obviously wanted to, to bowl first. Um, you know, South Africa struck with early wickets and, and it wasn't straightforward at the top. Um, so, yeah, to build that partnership with David Milan and, and for us to go on and post um, 340 from, uh, I think we were probably 20 or 25 for, for three after 10 overs is, is, a, is a fantastic effort. What is it that you continually spoke about as you went through the innings with the difficulty of the surface at the start? Uh, we just spoke about um, trying to build the partnership, um, the, the fact that we felt like it would get easier at some point and, uh, and it's not being the biggest ground. So um, we felt like we would be able to catch up uh, at the end. We've got some excellent hitters to, to follow us as well. So uh, we just wanted to extend that partnership for as long as possible. In talking about your squad, you continually said from game one to game three, the kind of big picture is going to India. Um, the strides you've made here, can you pinpoint them? Yeah, I think some really good strides. Um, you know, I think guys going on to get hundreds. That's something we spoke about. Um, maybe from the English summer, we didn't do uh, as well as we would have liked. So guys going on and, and making hundreds is is excellent. Um, and with the ball, I think there's been some some brilliant things. I think Jofra Archer's performance tonight is is fantastic and probably deserving of the the Player of the Match award. Um, when the game was in the balance, there um, to come back and and take the wicket of Heinrich Klaassen was um, you know broke the game open again for us. And speak about your captaincy and the people you have to kind of go to um, when the game is tight as it is and also when you're, you're trying to shift it, not perhaps in this game but in, in other games as well. Yeah, we've got a lot of senior players who, who are there and can, can help and a, and a great um, shoulder to lean on. Guys like Moen Ali, Chris Wokes, um, Adil Rashid, Jason Roy, these guys have all played a hell of a lot of cricket. So um, you know, the guys that can um, bounce ideas off and, and their leaders themselves around the, the team and, and many others as well. So, um, yeah, we've, we've got a, a strong squad. We've got a, um, you know, by the recent results, we, we've got a good thing going and we're, we're building nicely, um, you know, like you say, with that big picture towards India um, in a few months' time. Let us in on, on what happens next. I think kind of your squad needs to get split because you're kind of trying to be in two places at once. What does that do and how do you manage that? Yeah, I think the, the schedules are, um, are something we just have to try and work with as, as best as possible. We've got a couple of guys uh, heading off to um, New Zealand for a test series. We've got guys heading back to Dubai to, to finish that tournament and a few staying here uh, for the remainder of the SA20. So uh, it's been great to be back together as a group for just a short period of time, maybe a little bit more than a week. Um, but uh, yeah, we look forward to joining up again as a team when we get to Bangladesh um, in a few weeks' time. Well done today. Congratulations on the win and congratulations on your prizes as well. Thank you. A couple of things to un unpick there from the, that interview from Josh Butler. The, the first one is just how, how difficult and how impressive it was that they managed to dig in and, and, and eke out that score of 340, given how tough things were at the very beginning. We'll perhaps touch on that in a second. The second one is teams of the past, captains of the past, um, 
for England may well have used as an excuse the, the, the fact that players are going all over the place, that they're not picking their, that they're not being able to pick their number one eleven, that they're always chopping and changing. England have made so many changes since the World Cup to uh, to one day international sides, not because of um, not because of dropping players and bringing new players in, but simply because players just aren't available all the time. Josh Butler seems to be able to turn that into a positive. We're widening the net. We're able to see more players. We're not too bothered about. It. We don't mind if we lose. I mean, that's that's a massive attitude shift, isn't it, Alex? I mean, you 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 played. You know, you made your debut a long time before Steve and and, and Matt Pryor. I mean, I'm the, I'm the oldest, but I'm asking the questions. You know, the the the, the difference in the way that, that that these things are seen as as um, as positives as, instead of challenges or excuses is extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah, it's fantastic. It's the environment that they've created, isn't it? And that's just a follow-on, I suppose, from Owen Morgan and his captaincy and, and Joss's most. Well, he wants to do things his own way, but taking great things that Morgs did in his time as captain and he's just fed that into this team now and it's just a, a place where people can express themselves it's not like you when when I played butch and you're in there and you're sort of you're panicking a little bit captain's looking you in a certain way you don't know whether you're going to play the next game it's it's that openness where it's, lad's gone and we back you we know you can play go and do what you do and it would have been so nice to be able to have that back but it's different times it's 2023 and this is what the environment that he's doing. And the players are benefiting from that. And they're, and as I said, they're at ease when they're out there. And it's only a positive for England moving forward. And, and the batting side of it, Matt, this morning, I mean, that was as tough as it gets. And, and a lot of players perhaps would have slogged it one straight up in the air and walked off if they were going as David Milan was this morning. Yes, yeah, again, it's just the belief. Butler saying there, they had belief in their ability that they get through the hard bit, it'll get easier. And also the ground's small. So we'll catch it up. You know, it's just the, the absolute belief that they can pongo any bowler 100 metres whenever they, whenever they need to. Um, but they had to fight through a, a, a tough, challenging period. And, and they did exactly that. They fought through it and then they just blitzed it. And, and how you get to 340-odd from 14 for three, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite incredible. But I'll just, I just add to that point that Chu's made. I remember being in a dressing room. If, if you lost a game, mate, you were petrified to leave the dressing room. You'd sit in the change room thinking, "Oh God, who's doing the press tonight, lads? Unlucky." You'd like, you know, and you're just ducking your head down. You, you know, tomorrow morning you are just taking grenades left, right, and centre. The press, the written, the everything is coming at you. Now they're just like, "Oh well, we didn't win that one, but we win the next one. We believe in our players, and um, off we go." <laughs> Uh, well, it's a it's a great victory today. Some uh, some wonderful cricket, some wonderful batting, brilliant stuff from uh, Joffrey Archer. But uh, they were pushed all the way by an excellent South African side who were very much worth their two one series win. Um, here's Pommy with their captain Temba Bavuma. Tell me first of all how happy you are with, with the series win. Yeah, very happy. Um, we obviously came in under a lot of pressure in terms of the points that we needed at the World Cup, um, and I think we've. We've done ourselves justice. We've gone a long way um, in terms of getting closer and closer to that automatic qualification. Um, obviously, the series win as well. You know, against a tough side like um, like England. You know, again, we've come and challenged ourselves as to you know how we want to play. Um, I keep I keep saying that, um, but that's really going to be my mantra. Um, and I think from that, you know, there's a lot of learnings. Um, there's a lot of um, confidence that we can take in terms of how we've gone about our business. When you say how you want to play, tell me what, what you're changing, if anything at all, and what particularly your focus is. 
Yeah, I think I think the big word was just guys going out and expressing themselves. Um, guys trying to challenge different stages, different moments of the game. Always looking to be to be positive, almost similar to how England kind of go about uh, their cricket. Um, and that's what we kept speaking about. Um, I think you would have seen something a little bit different amongst the batters. You know, guys really going out and taking on the game, and also with the bowlers being a lot more aggressive. So, yeah, like I said, I think there were a lot of positives that we can take um, a lot of boxes that we ticked in this ticked in this series as you go forward it's not long i guess and and you've got to play a couple more one day internationals and there's a break in between as well how much of a um kind of disruption is that for you and your squad not really i think i mean the other guys now are going to go back and play the local t20 now so i'm sure the guys are going to keep going on in that same vein as we've spoken about We'd really like it to become a part of our culture as South Africa in terms of our cricket. Um, test cricket as well when it comes to West Indies, that's not too far. Um, I'm sure even there you'll see a bit of what you see there kind of transferring into that format. So I don't think it will really be a, a disruption. Um, time away from the game is not a, it's not all a bad thing. There is domestic cricket as well, the four-day game. So again, that will be an opportunity for guys to go out and express themselves as we've been asking. Okay, and yourself, tell me where you are mentally and how things are going, how you feel about leading the side and, of course, enjoying winning a series. Yeah, I mean, I mean, winning the series, I think that's the main thing. Um, super happy for the team. Um, happy about myself and my performances as well. Um, felt that I was hitting the ball quite nicely. I'm finding the gaps again um, and the rhythm was definitely there. So, I mean, obviously, in a selfish way, I'd like that to carry on. Um, let that flow into all the other formats as well and see where that takes us. But, yeah, I mean, I think I'm a happy captain standing here at the moment. Congratulations on the series. Please go along and collect your trophy and all the best for the rest as it comes along. Thanks, Bonnie. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean 
There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Temba Bavuma there, a happy captain. And why shouldn't he be? His team played quite magnificently. Ears pricked up there, Steve Harmison, because uh, the thing you couldn't help but notice was that he was uh, quick to uh, to acknowledge the effect that England's cricket has had on the South African team. And I was, I was thinking myself, watching in, uh, South Africa bat in the run chase, both run chases, in fact, of just how much more positive, much more on the front foot they were trying to get, which was not something you always associated with the South African teams in the past. It, it's starting to spread a little, isn't it, this uh, this England sort of revolution in terms of their uh, their positivity? It is. It's, it's spreading quite wide and far. And when you watch... Temba Bavuma, um, his the way he's batting, yeah, he's, I think he's benefited from it the the most. Um, but then when you listen to him speak, and he's very spiky, as you mentioned, trying to defend his team. And the one thing I would have said from a South African fan's point of view is, how are you in this hole that you're in at this moment in time, potentially having to qualify because of the team you've got and the performances that you've just put up against England? Where's that been for... For some time, and is it because they've been playing 50, you know, SA 20, which has brought them into this series in a, in a good good place? That could be a contributing factor. Um, but the one thing that you, you, you've noticed throughout this series is they've got a bone attack that can rival anybody with Nokia, Rabada, and, and what they've got in backup. And if they get their batting right, like Temba Bavuma said, take the positive outcome the way England have brought to the world's cricket then they've got players who can potentially score runs as well so that's that's all looking forward positive for South Africa yeah I think that uh, having listened to Temba over the, the course of the last three matches that he's he's trying to convince that dressing room that that's the right way to go I got the impression listening to him after the second win that he said you know some of us some of us think it's the right way to go and some of us don't you know I, I wonder whether whether tonight he was a little bit more definite he was a little bit more no this is what we're going to do it feels as though he might be winning the battle within his own within his own changing room well let's not forget it was I think well, it was the South Africa series in England which was the first sort of basball series. And at Lords, England got bowled out cheaply and everyone was, all the South Africans, oh, well, you can't do it against Norkia because he bowls so fast. And look at how it's just not possible to do. And then England went on and smashed them at Old Trafford and everything else. So South Africa was one of, was the first team that sort of came up against this newfound mentality. Okay, that was test cricket. But Temba mentioned, even in the test series in West Indies, you're going to see a different mentality, a different culture. It's going to be far more attacking. And that is basically a copy of what England have, have, have been doing. So first thing you've got to say is credit to England for being brave enough to just stick by their guns and, and say, no, this is what we're going to do. Everyone around the world is going, oh, no, it's not possible here. It's not possible in Pakistan. It's not possible in one-day cricket. It's not possible in test cricket. And they proved them time and time again wrong. And they've done very, very well. Now other teams, but this is going to now be the challenge for England. Other teams are going, hang on a minute, they're probably onto something here. And they will also have the ability and the talent to score 350, 380, 400, whatever it is. And they're going to raise the bar. So what do England now do to make sure they stay ahead of the game? Because they've had the jump on other teams for the last year and a bit, two years. But other teams are now going, hang on, we've got to catch up here. This is the way to play. Mm, well, with my uh, neutral 
presenter's hat on, I think that's only a good thing for the World Game. It means that we're going to see some uh, some thoroughly thrilling cricket in the lead-up to the World Cup, and hopefully the uh, the World Cup in India will be the, the festival of 50-over cricket that we all hope it uh, can be. OK, that's uh, just about enough from us here on TalkSport 2. It has been an absolute pleasure to bring this three-match one-day international series to you. Um, a reminder that the live and exclusive international cricket continues here on TalkSport 2 in just under two weeks' time as we bring you ball-by-ball commentary of England's two-match test series in New Zealand, which begins on the 16th of February. We'll be bringing you another following-on podcast tomorrow, but from all of us here, it's goodbye and well-played England. Welcome back. South Africa require 347 runs from 300 deliveries. Just a smidge under seven runs and over from the outset. Short ball from Wokes. That was a real drag down. It wasn't intentionally short, but I tell you what, it was intentionally hit for six by Temba Bavuma. Bang! The skipper carries on where he left off from Sunday. The in and uh, Bavuma. Oh, it's sublime. It really is. Temba Bavuma just, again, just gets forward, just pushes forward, and then the hands come through in textbook style. Chris Wokes to start the uh, seventh over. Beautiful cover drive, this time from uh, Hendricks, and he doubles his score in one shot with a boundary four. He goes to eight. Wokes is in. Bavuma hits it in the air and is caught at mid-off. Toffley takes the catch. Slower ball, deceives Bavuma and he just gets underneath it and spoons it to the edge of the 30-yard circle. England have their breakthrough. Archer, outside of Austin, hammered through the uh, cover region by Hendricks. Stand and deliver, and deliver four. Van der Dussen, five not out, waits for uh, Archer. Little bit uppish, and caught by Jason Roy at point. Archer has a wicket. Plenty of air, a little bit too much air. It dipped. But Hendricks is in rich form. He's too full, outside off. One away from 50, but he's reached a half century, has Hendricks, and has returned to the South African ODI side. Short and smashed! What a shot that is from Aidan Markram. It was in the slot, and he has helped it all the way. Yeah! Wow, that is an unfortunate way to go. Rashid will take it. The ball has hit the inner part of the leg, the top of the uh, the batting pad, and deflected back onto leg stump. How many times have you seen that? Archer is it. Oh, he might have got one. Markram has skied this one up into the orange sky. It comes down, and Moen Ali is underneath it. And Markram goes for 39 from 35 balls. Archer bolts the Miller inside edge through to the keeper, and he's gone. Butler takes the catch, and Archer has done Miller for pace as much as anything else. That one was 90 miles an hour. It's a swing and a miss by Janssen. England are appealing for a court behind him. Janssen's going to walk off because the umpire has raised his finger. Steps back and lofts this uh, off-break high into the sky and into the posh seats. Carson shuffles across his crease. Rashid is a little bit short and that has been belted. Absolutely belted out of the ground by Carson. Priceless. Oh, 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 job for Archer. It's five. Five wickets for Archer in only his second game back. And my goodness me, the man is a thoroughbred. All gone. Six for Archer. It is a superb return 
for uh, England's man who's been in the wilderness, Joffre Archer. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.